Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. I am tempted to preach on verse 10 of today's psalm. Do not be like horse or mule, which have no understanding, but I will restrain myself. I heard a funny joke the other day. Or at least I think it's funny. At 7.30 it fell flatter than a pancake. But you can judge for yourself. A joke about a man who went to the movies. After the previews and the requisite reminders to turn off your mobile device, the lights went out. But upon seeing the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer roaring lion at the beginning of the picture, the man got up and walked out because he had thought he'd already seen the movie, the one with the roaring lion at the beginning. Not the best joke. (laughs) But it reminds me that sometimes when we see or hear something familiar, myself included, we fail to see new things or open our minds to additional insights. With With that in mind, we hear again this morning parable of the prodigal son. Many of us have heard this story numerous times. We studied it in Sunday school. We see it portrayed in art. We are reminded of the story in our daily lives because the characters are so iconic. Sometimes we are the younger son, lustful, excessive, remorseful, hungry. Sometimes we are the older son, Hurt, defiant, confused, estranged. And sometimes we are the father, generous, worried, jubilant, welcoming. But what are we meant to take from this story? While entering into a story as dramatic and emotional as the prodigal son can be moving or cathartic, and ultimately satisfying, if we remove ourselves from the story and consider what Jesus might have wanted his disciples to learn, we may gain a new level of understanding. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that I will, that will belong to me. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. 
Thus the familiar story begins. And shortly thereafter, the boy spends all of his money and finds himself in the middle of an ill-timed famine. And the only job he can find is feeding the pigs. So the boy picks himself up and says, I will get up and go to my father. Like anyone in big trouble who knows why he is in big trouble, he has a well-crafted, well-prepared speech, which explains why he did what he did and why he deserves forgiveness. The boy gets partway into the speech, but the father doesn't really listen, as fathers are wont to do. Quickly, he declares, bring out our robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Notice something interesting here. We, or at least I, and many biblical scholars have assumed for generations that this parable is about forgiveness. That the Father is God and we are the sinful younger brother. And even amid our worst and most egregious sins, if we turn to God, God like the Father while we were still far off, God is filled with compassion. God runs to us. God puts his arms around us and kisses us. And God's love and God's forgiveness is unconditional. Spoiler alert, all of that is true. Our God is a generous God. Our God is an overwhelmingly loving God. And God, when we repent, is a forgiving God. But that isn't what this parable is about. The boy admits, I have sinned. And the boy requests to be treated like a hired hand. But the boy never repents or asks for forgiveness. And the father, he does not offer forgiveness or reconciliation. The father is too overwhelmed with joy that the boy is home that he can't really process or even begin to think about all the horrible things he has done. Instead, he seizes him and embraces him. I would wager there was ugly crying. He throws a big extravagant party. And he declares, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Not, my boy was a bad boy, but he's okay now. Or not, my boy was a sinner, but I have forgiven him. But he was lost and is found. Have you ever lost a child? If not a child, perhaps a beloved pet? Even if the child is out of sight for a few moments, your mind goes bananas. Every movie or TV show you have ever seen that features a lost child plays in your head. Your brain goes into overdrive, imagining horrible catastrophes and snarling monsters. You dance on the edge of panic. And when you find them, you don't ask where they have been. You don't remind them of the plan that you talked about in the car and how they deviated from it. You don't wag your finger and demonstrate your disappointment. You run to them. You scoop them up in your arms, 
sometimes before they even realize that they have been found. You touch your head to theirs. And again, there is ugly crying. For what was lost has been found. That is what this parable is about. Finding the lost. Not forgiveness, not grace, not generosity. Those are phenomenal parts of our awesome God, but those come later. First, we need to find. The lost are all around us. Sometimes the lost are quite obvious. Sometimes the lost are only known in the depths of their heart. Sometimes those who seem very found are actually very lost. Sometimes we are lost. But as disciples of Christ, we are called to find those who know not the joy and peace that God created them to enjoy. But we must, we must, we must find them. Find the estranged. Find the anxious. Find the rejected. Find the marginalized. Find the stereotyped. Find the bullied. Find the unheard. Find the invisible. Find the hopeless. Find the lonely. Find the other. Find our enemy. Find our beloved. Find ourselves. Amy Jill Levine, a professor at Vanderbilt University, an author of Stories by Jesus, the Enigmatic Parables of a Controversial Rabbi, wrote this about the prodigal son. And yes, this is a long quote, but it's so good, I need to share it with you all. If we hold in abeyance, at least for the moment, the rush to read Repenting and Forgiving into this parable, then it does something more profound than repeat well-known messages. Do whatever it takes to find the lost and then celebrate with others, both so that you can share the joy and also that others will help prevent the recovered from ever being lost again. Do not wait until you receive an apology. You may never get one. Don't wait until you can muster the ability to forgive you may never find it. Don't stew in your sense of being ignored, for there is nothing that can be done to retrieve the past. Instead, go have lunch. Go celebrate and invite others to join you. If repenting and forgiving come later, so much the better. And if not, you will have still done what is necessary you will have begun a process that might lead to reconciliation. You have opened a second chance for wholeness. Take advantage of resurrection. It is unlikely to happen twice. So find the lost. So, so many are lost. And we, we must find them. Wherever they are, close by or far away, find them. Forgiveness, reconciliation, love, Easter. These will follow. 
But first, we must find. Amen.